Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. We're still in our message series. You guys doing good? Feeling good this morning? It's gotten a little cooler. How about that? Summer ended. We're still in our Talk to Jesus message series, and uh, you could just, you know, remember how we sang it last week, like we sang it this week. If you got a Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 4 as we get in the scriptures. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty excited about today. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I love you today. Thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. <clears throat> thank you for your life. I thank you that we can count on you, and I thank you. Uh, that you're not a dead God who can't hear us. <clears throat> I thank you that you're not even limited to our ability to speak because you are God. And you actually want to hear us and you want us to hear you. And we're not limited in our ability to hear you based on our natural gifts because you're the God and we're the people. And I thank you, Lord, you know how to speak our language. So we just ask that you would speak to us today and that your spirit would move and do something new inside of us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, 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 amen. We're uh, working our way through the book of Acts. We've kind of taken a pause here uh, <clears throat> in Acts chapter 4. And uh, just to kind of catch you up, uh, if you haven't been with us uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, the disciples, of course, were out preaching the gospel, and they were healing the sick. So they were preaching and demonstrating the kingdom uh, because they couldn't help but do that. <clears throat> And um, they went to the temple, and there was a man who was uh, crippled, uh, and uh, they just told the guy to start walking, and he started walking. Uh, that drew a crowd, as that would happen to do. And uh, since they had a crowd, and they were at church, they figured, I might as well start preaching. So they started telling the crowd about Jesus uh, and how he rose from the dead. Now, the Sadducees, of course, weren't excited about that, because they don't believe in an afterlife. Pharisees weren't excited about that because they thought that people might kill them, right? And so they brought them before the Sanhedrin. They said, hey, don't tell anybody about this Jesus. The disciples said, well, I don't, I don't know about all that because uh, we just seen him do stuff and we can't act like we didn't see him. Amen? Can't act like I haven't seen him. Amen? Can't act like I haven't seen him. And, uh, and so uh, they decided they were going to try to scare them. <clears throat> and uh, they told them, hey, bad things will happen to you. If you tell people about Jesus and they're like, well, I guess, you know, if that makes you feel better to say that, go for it. And so they went back to their friends. They told their friends, hey, these people threatened to murder us if we continued uh, to talk about Jesus. And their friends declared the word of God over them. They got so courageous, they began to pray. We're going to pick this up in Acts 4, 29. And they prayed. They said, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal. And signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? Amen. Hallelujah. That's a good word already. I'm encouraged already. Today, the, 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 if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Pray a Vision into Reality. Pray a Vision into Reality. You see, the enemy understands the power that's on the inside of us to co-labor with God in creation. And uh, the enemy, the only thing that can stop the hand of God in your life is fear. The only thing that could stop the hand of God in your life is fear. Now, fear manifests a thousand different ways. There is a thousand ways that fear masquerades itself as wisdom. It masquerades itself as uncertainty. It masquerades itself as, as um, caution. But fear is, is the root of most people not actually completing the task that God has given them. They are terrified that something's going to go wrong and then something will happen. Something will happen regardless, I have found. Might as well be something you want to have happen. So this is not a new tactic that the, uh, the Sanhedrin used. Uh, the Sanhedrin thought 
if we can just make them fearful, then they will change their behavior. See, the enemy doesn't understand that you have had an encounter with God. And that that encounter with God now sets the baseline of your reality. Anything that comes against that reality of your encounter with God and what He has spoken to you, is not, it's not possible for it to, to be subjected to fear. Hear me. The reality of the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, connection you have with God, the encounter you have with God, the reality that Jesus Christ speaks to you, you've heard His voice, cannot be undone by the enemy. Amen? Uh, there is a debate in certain circles of Christianity about how we tell people about God and how they should live. Uh, some people, um, they talk about should we use Scripture, should we not use Scripture, what tactic we should use, because we're sending kids out into college and out into the world uh, with a theology based on Noah's Ark, based on a flood or a creation or Adam and Eve in the garden or seven days of creation. And uh, they meet somebody uh, who actually has actually dug in the ground and found a dinosaur. Right? Uh, and so they begin to ask him, okay, your, uh, your, your 6,000 year timeline of the creation of the earth when uh, carbon dating is, is, is science. Uh, and so clearly there was something here before 6,000 years ago. And they're like, well, I've been taught my whole life that the whole Bible is true. If there's anything untrue, then the whole Bible is untrue. Then what is my faith based on? Your faith is not based on the Bible. Your faith is based in your encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen? Your faith is based on the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and you met Him. You met Him. How many days did it take God to create the earth? I don't know. I didn't have a stopwatch there. They use the word day in Genesis, but if we're not counting revolutions of the moon around the earth, not counting the revelations of the earth around its axis, the earth around the sun, if that wasn't created yet, how are, we, how are we calling time? Right? The truth is, the covenant that we're not actually a part of is far more complex than some people would have you to believe. It's far more complex. The old covenant scriptures are difficult to discern. And that is not a problem for me because it's not my covenant. My covenant is in the last quarter of the textually, the last quarter of the Bible, called the New Covenant. The covenant that I have with Jesus Christ, who I actually met. I've met him, and he's alive. Amen. Amen. Let's thank you, Jesus. You're alive. So I don't have to understand the wheel within a wheel. I don't have to understand the seven days. I don't have to understand the sun standing still. I don't have to understand the splitting of the, the Red Sea. I don't have to understand the ark. I don't have to understand any of that. What I do under, need to understand is that there was a sinless man who came from God, who was born from a virgin, who was murdered on a cross. Thousands of people saw him murdered. They saw him buried in a grave. And three days later, they saw him alive again. Amen? That's what we believe. That is what our faith is based on. And I know he's alive, not because I read it, but because I met him. I met him. And when I began reading the Old Covenant, I would find him in there. I didn't, I didn't read the Old Testament to find Jesus. I met Jesus, and then I found him in the Old Testament. Right? Let's not get it backwards. Right? My faith is based in my, my encounter with Jesus Christ. If you have not met Him, you don't actually have faith. Faith can only come from Jesus. It's either a fruit of the Spirit or a gift of the Spirit. You do not have faith if you have not met Him. You can have belief, but belief can be undermined with argumentation. You can be convinced of something and then be unconvinced of something. But once you have faith, that is the living God on the inside of you, empowering your spirit man. Once you have faith, the enemy cannot stop that faith. Come on. Amen. Amen. Our world does not need an, a counter-argument. Our world needs faith in Jesus Christ. Right? That's what the world needs, faith in Jesus Christ. And that is what we believe. I am a Christian, not because the Bible tells me so. I know God loves me because I have met him and I've experienced his love for me. Right? Let's not get it backwards. 
I love the Word. I read the Word every day. The Bible is important. Amen? The Bible is important. But I read the Bible to learn about Jesus. Because I want to know Him more. Amen. And so, this tactic of making people fearful to follow God is not something new. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm guessing that the, uh, the apostles knew it. In Nehemiah, remember we studied about them building the wall and we talked about building the wall to protect the glory? Nehemiah 6.9 For all of them were trying to frighten us. See, they were trying to scare them from following God. All of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. The real proper biblical reaction to fear is to pray for courage and steadfastness to do the right thing. When the enemy wants to deter you from God's plan, don't pray away the devil. Pray for courage to stand on what you know to be true. Right? The fear may not go away, but at least you'll be accomplishing something. I'd rather do something scared than do nothing scared. Do something even if it's wrong, right? That's what we talked about. And so we have to remember that this gospel is an invitation to fellowship with God. It's an invitation to fellowship with God. And we have to unpack what that fellowship means. Can you start my timer? We didn't actually start it back there. Well, I'll just be praying. I'll just be preaching until, you know, one in the afternoon here. Saying, ah, I got time, got time, got time. So the gospel is an invitation into, uh, into fellowship with God. Uh, and, and that is the most, the, the, the most special part of that, I believe, uh, is, is his love, but also that he's called us to co-labor with him. And we get to partake in his creation of the earth. His creation has not stopped. God is still creating things today. He's still producing things out of his, uh, out of his mind comes all creation, and we get to co-labor. See, <clears throat> everything that you see started in the spirit realm. I'm going, to get a little, I'm going to get a little spiritual now, right? <clears throat> it all started in the mind of God, right? And at some point, when, I don't know, because God had not invented a calendar yet, and he wasn't checking off days on his calendar, putting in hours for his work week during creation, right? He didn't have a calendar on the wall, say, I get a vacation on, on, on Monday, right? Like, right? That's not what happened. <clears throat> So God, everything was in his mind. And then he spoke it, and it came into existence in this natural realm. And so God, God wants to put something real in your spirit so that you could see it manifest in this natural realm. That is why we pray. We want to be at a place where we have the mind of God. And then we see our world being built with our words. Does that... Does that if you don't believe that, then I would ask why you pray. Why you pray. If you just pray out of obedience because that's what Christians do, I'm here to invite you into a far more exciting life. Right? Why do you talk to your wife? Well, that's what you do. Oh, how's that working out for you? Right? How's that working out for you? No, there's relationship. And God actually wants to birth things on the inside of you. Like, he's like, I would love to see... I would love to see a church in Boca Raton. I would love to see a spirit-filled church, another spirit-filled church in Boca Raton. I'm going to put that on the inside of Carl. I'm going to put that on the inside of Carl, and he's going to begin to pray it, and he's going to prophesy it, and he's going to start obeying that word, and he's going to start obeying that thing I put in him, and then eventually he's going to see that thing in the natural that I birthed on the inside of him. Right? Right? And so, so God says, hey, I, I, I want to see a worship team that looks something like this. So I'm going to put that on the inside of Corey Pagano. And Corey is going to pray, and he's going to study, and he's going to learn, and he's going to work, and he's going to lead, and he's going to, he's going to do all the things necessary, but he's going to speak it out, he's going to cast vision, and next thing you know, there's a worship team that looks like what's on the inside of Corey Pagano. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? You have to have a vision for every area of your life. I say that all the time, right? Amen. We love God. You have to have a vision for every area of your life. Why? Otherwise, you're not going anywhere, right? You're just being, you're just being cast by the wind. Wherever, wherever it leads, that's where you're going. That's what's happening. I want to actually be an active partaker of what's happening. I, want to be, I go to intercession because I want to shape the future, right? I'm shaping the future. And so as, as we're working to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as we're working to uh, uh, um, 
speak things and we're and we're and we're looking to I got to remember how I worded this pray a vision into reality. I want to give you three quick steps on that, all right? Because, you know, everything a preacher does is three steps. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, right? God's perfection in the Trinity, right? First thing, and I say this over and over again, and you really have to find God's will. You have to find His will. If you're trying to create something against His will, you're, you, you've signed up for a world to hurt. Just a world of pain. Trying to pray something into existence that He doesn't actually want to have happen. You're trying to open doors He doesn't want opened. You're trying to give life to something He's trying to kill. we got to find His will, right? Look at this, Acts 1. He says, this is, what, this is what Jesus said to the disciples. It's not for you to know the times or epochs or, or, or spiritual seasons which the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be My witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and, Jumera, and Samaria it's the remotest parts of the earth. What, what, what does that mean? <clears throat> that means God says, listen, you may not have full understanding of everything that's going on around you. You may not get the big picture. You may not know what's coming up based on the seasons. You may not know, God may not birth every season uh, in front of you. However, you will receive power to do God's will. He put His Spirit inside of you so you can do His will. Amen? Listen, he doesn't want to. He doesn't. He doesn't like want to tease you with knowing his will. He doesn't want to make you want something and not fulfill it. He doesn't make you want to understand something and not bring the understanding. He's not a God who teases you like that. Listen, our entire faith is based upon people having encounters with the resurrected Jesus. And when they encountered the resurrected Jesus, the Bible says he opened the scriptures and told them everything about him. He made them understand the scriptures when he met them. It's not, God, it's not God's will to keep you ignorant, right? You can expect him to reveal his will for your life. I want to speak that to you again. You can expect God to reveal his will for your life. You can expect that. You do not have to wander not knowing where you're going or what you're doing. You can expect him to reveal his will for your life. Often people who are the most confused, and, and I'm not saying this is everybody, but this might be for somebody in here. If you're confused about God's will, if there's, you know, God is not the author of confusion. So if there is confusion, that means there's more than one voice working. Right? If you're an employee and you have two bosses telling you different things, it's a frustrating job, right? It's very frustrating. If there is confusion about your future, there's more than one boss giving you directions. And most likely it's God in you. Right? You're like, well, I want to do this. So how is everything God telling me going to get me to this? When God didn't talk about this at all, this needs to die. It may come up later, and it may not. But as long as you have an idol before God, you're not going to hear Him clearly. Right? So you really need to die to your vision, or the enemy's vision, or whatever, whatever lustful vision you, you developed before you met Christ. Just put that thing on the altar, follow God. Life will be far more. You can expect to hear him reveal his future for you. In John 14, 14, he said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That's a promise for you. You don't have to feel like I don't have direction. I'm out here on my own. I don't know what I'm doing. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. It's John 14, 14. Not in the things. I just wanted to say it. Amen? God will not leave you as orphans. He will come and give you direction. Amen? In this scripture, they prayed because they're like, we're getting conflicting orders. You told us to obey authority, but authority is telling us not to obey God. And God came in power and let him know what his will was. Amen? God will make his will known to you. Amen. Hey, listen, number two. Yeah, I got to move on quickly here because you guys are holding me up. So you got to find God's will. And again, you may not know his, his they like to, they, there's this phrase they used to like to use. Uh, there's God's permissive will, and there's God's perfect will. That's, don't fall in that trap of stupidity. It sold a lot of books. It's not actually biblical, right? God wants you to do stuff, and he cares about what you want. Find out what he wants and do that, right? Just, just lean into that, right? And so <clears throat> once you find his will, once you find the direction, everything good for your life will be born out of the Spirit. It'll be born out of the Spirit. We love Holy Spirit here. 
uh, at, at Revival Life Church because, watch this, he's God. And we love God. We love God. We love God the Father. We love God the Son. We love God the Spirit. Amen? Don't fall into the, the, the false doctrine that says Holy Spirit doesn't want to be worshipped. He only glorifies Jesus. Yes, He glorifies Jesus, but He's also God. Jesus points the way to the Father. Does that mean we shouldn't point to Jesus? No, that would be stupid, right? We point to God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, whatever, whatever. Trinity, three in one, whatever. God. We love Him. Talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Talk to, Father, talk to the Father. Talk to Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to God. Amen? We welcome Him here, however He wants to show up. Jesus is at the right hand of God in heaven right now. But if he wants to just mess up our theology and walk through this room, that's okay too. God is spirit. If he wants to manifest in the natural and reveal himself here, how can he do that? He's God. Do whatever he wants, right? But we, 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 we want to be in the spirit because Jesus said that he would send his spirit and his spirit would be here on the earth. You know, there's questions about the Trinity that are hard to understand. Until you recognize he's working on a level we don't understand. Right? So if you have to understand everything, then you'll never have the peace that passes understanding. All right? Right? And so at some point, at some point, you're going to have to recognize, I am not going to understand everything and I'm going to be okay with that. Otherwise, you'll never get that peace. But how are things going to work out? You, you may never know. Is, is, is your understanding going to dictate your peace? No. I, I submit to you, don't allow that to happen. Right, let me just say it one more time. I don't know why I'm stuck on this, but just give up. Just give up. Just stop it, right? It has not worked for five years. Like, stop it. Like, people have the most, they have these arguments against God and they think they're clever. And they're not. They're just idols. Just give them up. And just experience some peace. And so what we want to do is we want to, we want to welcome Holy Spirit. We want to be in the Spirit. But watch this. We want to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Now, that doesn't say pray in tongues. That's not saying tongues. Watch this. <clears throat> Ephesians 6.18, Paul wrote, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Now, he doesn't say pray in the tongues all the time. If you're praying in tongues all the time, how are you having conversations? How are you working? How are you eating? Right? <clears throat> but he wants us to be in the Spirit while praying. If you remember John the Revelator says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and then the angel said, come up here. He was in the Spirit already. We want to be praying in the Spirit. We want to be praying at a place from, it's a position of being in Christ while I'm communicating with God. Does this make sense? So I like to be in the Spirit while praying. And um, <clears throat> part of that is, um, this is a big reason why we have the burning room. Part of the call on this house, number one. Uh, but also, we want to teach people to get in the Spirit. And we want to pray from a place in the Spirit. I know there's people who have great gifts of prophecy. It's greater when you're prophesying in the Spirit. You don't have to use fancy words. You're just speaking what you see while you're in the Spirit. I want to show you a clip here. You can start rolling it. <clears throat> um, and you can, you can leave the lights on, I think. So this is from, turn it way up. This is from, we can, this is from this last Friday, um, two days ago. And we were in the burning room and I spoke on praying in the Spirit. I spoke about how um, I challenged Kellyanne I want to hear, we, we give a lot of songs to God. I want to hear songs from God. And Kellyanne said, no, no, this song is Corey's supposed to sing. I said, Kellyanne, you're now going to pray in the Spirit and then sing in the Spirit. Turn it up. Turn it up. Aren't you tired of going your own way? And this song began to come from the Lord. I hear the Lord say, aren't you tired of trying to make your own way? Speaking to this house. 
to God. Now, I don't know why I did this next thing. I don't know why I did this. I'm listening to Kellyanne, and I'm in the spirit. The thought comes to me. The thought comes to me while I'm in the spirit. I wonder if wonder if Sarah Pagano got a vision. So I walk over to Sarah. I don't know why I thought that. I said, Sarah Pagano, did you get a vision? She goes, yes, I actually did. And she starts telling me, you remember the girl, the prophecy about the girl with blonde hair? I said, what? So remember you prophesied about a girl with blonde hair? I was like, huh? I don't know what you're talking about. Here's the microphone. Just go go speak it. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't even know why I'm asking. When our church met at um, Ganesh Church Middle, it was, I believe it was a Sunday morning pastor. That was... Don Estridge, when it was, was that? I don't even seven remember. Seven years ago. 35, right? <laughs> about five years ago. Um, pastor had a word about, on a, I think it was a Sunday morning. Now listen, prophecy could be messy. About a blonde woman leading keyboard at intercession. Now just watch this and I'll explain. Exhibit A. <laughs> but the word, there was nobody in our church. And right here, I opened my eyes and saw her, and God reminded me of that. And he said, this is the time I was talking about. And this is then. And the word pastor gave was about somebody leading keys, but it wasn't just about them playing keyboard and singing good songs. It was it was God speaking through the person, like intercession, singing, and playing keys. Was it a Friday night? So a Friday night. But we're living that time now. Amen. Amen. Hold on, there's more. I'm going to explain all this. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this up for a second. Just, just keep watching. Oh, I remember that. I was like, I was looking for a blonde girl. And I was like, my hands are burning. And who is this? Like, am I asking? And Sarah's like, I don't know. My hands are burning. And so Sarah's like, I guess it's me. So she started learning keyboard and it was so frustrating to her. And I was like, I don't think it's you, Sarah. Like months later, I'm like, I don't think it's you. And she was just learning keyboard out of obedience to Jesus based on that word. And, and now, now she has Sarah's keyboard. That Kara was, that, that Sarah, that, that she was learning to play keyboard We on. bought that the day after that word. So I gave that word. She bought that key, she bought, they bought that keyboard the day after I had that word. She tried to learn it. And now she actually. Yeah, we were in Virginia when you gave that word. So listen, that's good like right five there. years ago. I don't know. You can, you can stop it. Okay. I, I, I put up that long video for a reason. Number one, I want you to see that, that, that hearing the voice of God can be sloppy sometimes. Like she said, oh, that was five years ago. It was seven years ago. Does that make it a false prophecy? No, that means Sarah was trying to remember when the word was. Right? Let me explain to you a little bit, though. <clears throat> seven years ago, I was in the spirit. We were having a Friday night. Uh, we didn't call it the burning room then, but it was the burning room. And uh, I had a word. I had a word that there was going to be a woman in our church who would play keyboard and sing the song of the Lord over our house. And I said, she would be a, she's blonde. Where is she? I was looking for her in the meeting. I could not find her anywhere. My hands then began to burn. And so I said, maybe your hands are burning right now. And Sarah back then was blondish and her hands were burning, right? And so she's saying, maybe that's me. And so I prayed for her. Now, if you're prophetic, you get what other prophetic people get. And sometimes it's not for you, right? Like I don't listen to a lot of prophets because when they start giving their visions, I can instantly see them. And then I don't know if it's my vision or their vision. Right? So I don't like to listen to them because I like to get my vision. So I don't like to get other people's visions. That's just me. Other prophets, they like doing that. I don't. Um, I, I'm not calling myself a prophet. I'm just saying prophetic people do that. And so Sarah started getting the word that I got. But based on the fact that her hands were burning uh, and that word I gave about a woman playing keyboard, hands burning, going to lead it, and her husband, like, like you're going to learn an instrument? I'm down. Corey went out the next day. <clears throat> and bought her a keyboard to learn keyboard on. Sarah then, based on that prophetic word, began playing keyboard. Seven years ago, began playing keyboard. Uh, Kellyanne, uh, somewhere around that time, was a prophetic worshiper uh, in another country. And the Lord told her, don't do that anymore. You're going to go into hiding. And so she stopped that season entirely in her life. She stopped singing the song of the Lord when God told her to go into hiding. Uh, She... 
uh, moved from that country to another city, and eventually the Lord brought her here. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah is learning to play keyboard based on the prophetic word. I had to tell Sarah, I really don't think that word is you. And so ever since she received that word, that word is she's still been stewarding it, not really convinced that it wasn't for her. She brings it up. She was bringing it to her husband. She still had the keyboard. Like, did I miss it? Because we don't see any manifestation of that word. Are, are you following me? And so Kellyanne is here. Sarah's not playing keyboard, but she feels like this is, this is the word of the Lord, and she's, she's, she's shepherding this word. Meanwhile, I meet with Kellyanne, and Kellyanne kind of tells me what she feels called to do. I said, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to need to learn to play keyboard. She kind of played keyboard, but I'm like, you really need to get good at keyboard and singing at the same time. Kellyanne didn't have a keyboard. She gets Sarah's keyboard, the keyboard that Sarah and Corey bought to fulfill that prophetic word. Okay? They get this keyboard. Kellyanne has been playing it for three years now. Last night, or Friday night, I teach on being in the Spirit and singing the song of the Lord. Singing in the Spirit. From the Spirit, singing the song of the Lord. For the first time since the Lord told her to go into hiding with prophetic worship, she sang on that stage. So Sarah was standing right over here, and the Lord said, open your eyes. She opened her eyes and says, that is the fulfillment of the, of the, of the prophetic word seven years ago. You can't write this kind of stuff. Earlier in the, earlier in the evening, I taught, um, <clears throat> and my message is kind of gone. I, I taught earlier, earlier in the meeting I taught that your intercession is producing something even if you don't see it. And you need to shepherd the prophetic anointing on your life, and you need to continue in prayer. You need to teach your children about what the Lord has done in your family because you're actually accomplishing things. Down the road, you'll see the fruit of your intercession. I teach on that. Then the Lord gives us an example. Seven years earlier in intercession, I give a prophetic word that we see fulfilled that night. You can't make this stuff up. You can't write this. And so as Corey says, you know, up until last night, Kellyanne has been borrowing the keyboard. Now Kellyanne can have the keyboard. <clears throat> Look at this, John 4.23. John 4.23. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be His worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. That means you can't just memorize, you can't memorize a, a, a scripture. You can't just memorize prayers. You can't just say words and expect God to honor it. He actually wants you to be in Him praying. Is this God is spirit? We have to worship Him in spirit. In the Holy Spirit. We have to be in Holy Spirit in worshiping Him. Can't just do it with our lips. Can't just do it. We have to actually be in Him worshiping him that is what he is looking for i'm going to show you one more scripture here ephesians 5 18 he says do not be drunk with wine for that is dissipation but be filled with the all right watch this now don't be drunk but be filled with the spirit right speaking to one another in psalms hymns spiritual songs singing making melody with your heart to the lord now if you go to some pub in England, or you go uh, to a club where everybody is drunk, you see people singing to one another. They're all singing songs together. They're having a great time together. There's what they call revelry, right? There's a, something that happens that lowers inhibitions when people all get drunk together. Come on. I know, I know it's not you. I know you've heard of this or seen it on TV. You've heard of this or seen it on TV. And Paul is saying here in his, in his, in his letter to the book to the church in Ephesus, listen, it's, it wasn't even created for drunk people. This is for people in the spirit. When you get so drunk in the spirit, when the spirit begins to take down your fears and your inhibitions, there is a brotherhood that happens when you, we just experience something together that we experienced on Friday. And when you're in the midst of that, there's this love that bubbles up on the inside of you and you start hugging people and you feel one in the spirit when we're in the spirit together. He says, listen, don't try, don't get that in a bottle. Don't get in the bottle. And it's not only for people of the bottle. You get that in the Spirit. This is what it looks like to be praying in the Spirit. 
Listen, he's like, that's where I want you to go in the spirit. I want you to get so in the spirit that your inhibitions drop. And it's not about me. And we're hugging one another, loving God and singing songs together. And we're not worried about how we look. We're in the spirit. Amen. This is the goal. This is the goal of true worship. So people use that scripture and they say you're not supposed to have wine. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, don't get drunk. Yeah, but that's not what that's about. It's not about, it's not about sin. It's about God. It's, it's not about the devil. It's about being in the spirit. It's not about new rules. It's about, hey, there is something in life in the spirit that you have to experience. Amen? Don't take, don't take the enemy's counterfeit. Get the real deal in the spirit. Amen? Amen. So I don't have time to go through all my scriptures that I have here, but let me just sum it up like this. Pray in tongues a lot. If you don't pray in tongues yet, try. And I'm not really joking. I'm serious. Try. People are like, well, I've never prayed in tongues ever. I'm like, have you tried? I don't, I don't know what that... I, how do you know you can't pray in tongues? I can't do that. How do you know that? How do you know you can't? I don't know, actually. Why don't you give it a shot? Next time you're in worship, <clears throat> do this. Don't sit in the back. Come in the front where the speakers are loud. Nobody hears you, right? Right? Janet's up here screaming in tongues, right? Just come to the front. Come to the front. And when you start feeling the Spirit of God on you, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Like, what's going to happen? I don't know. Here's somebody else's and see if that, that's yours. Amen? All right, last thing. When you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in the Spirit, God is going to birth something inside of you. We need to be aware of that. See, we need to be aware of God's presence. We need to be so saturated with His presence that we're, that we're aware of it wherever we go at all times. We're aware of His presence. But then He's going to birth something in you, and then we need to pray what's inside you. Right? So we need, to, we need to know God's will, we need to pray in the Spirit, and then we need to pray what is inside you. Before God does something through you, He does something in you. Those of you who feel called and are wondering why you're not in the call, God is still trying to do something in you. You can't skip that process. You, just, you cannot skip the process. And some of you are on a 40-year journey, some of you are on a 40-month journey, some of you are on a 40-day journey. It is what it is. It is what it is. This, you don't want to rush the process. You don't want to be in ministry and, and not, not be capable. You don't want to run a business. You don't want to run a, a $40 million business and you have the skills for a $400 business. Right? If you have the skills to run one car wash, you don't want to be in charge of 400 car washes. Right? If you've got a business and you're mowing a lawn, you don't want to be in charge of a, a, a multi-billion dollar lawn business. Because it will fail. Right? Like, you are where God wants you to be. And trust the process. Uh, one, one, one of the spiritual fathers of this house, Chris Volaton, it was, it was over 20 years that he had been in ministry before he ever got in ministry. It's going pretty well for him, I think. <clears throat> we sang this song earlier, Spring up, O well, living water rise within us. Spring up, O well, Holy Spirit deep within us. Heaven is all around, right? We need this, 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 this river of God to, mm, to bubble up from us. Why don't you come up, worship team? We need this river of God to bubble up on the inside of us so we can be aware of heaven all around us, right? This is what Paul says. What's the outcome, 1 Corinthians 14? What's the outcome? I'll pray in the spirit and I'll pray with my mind. I'll sing with the spirit. I'll sing with my mind. This is the promise of God, right? This is the promise of God. And I want to challenge you today. Here's what I want you to do. This week, I want you to start praying scary prayers. What's a scary prayer? That you would do something you're scared to do. What are you scared of? What are you scared of? Pray that God will give you courage to do it. Don't pray the scare away. Don't pray the devil away. Don't pray the fear away. Pray that you would have boldness to do it. Pray scary prayers. Father, bring somebody who needs to be led to Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know how to do that. Well, if God brings them to you, 
You do? Pray scary prayers. This is what they prayed in Acts 4.29. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You understand the people who just threatened them only months earlier murdered their, their master. This wasn't some empty threat. This, this, this wasn't... These are the people who murdered him publicly, unashamedly, believing that they were following God. And they said, listen, you're promoting the guy we murdered. They prayed, Lord, take note of their threats. He's like, you see how bad the opposition is? I want to be as bold as the opposition is bad. How scared are you? Pray that you would be at least as bold as the scare is. Right? And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak the Word of God. It began to happen. So I want you to pray scary prayers. Pray scary prayers and then look for opportunities to do it. Heaven is all around you. You're in the Spirit. God has given you opportunities. What he's going to do is he's going to give you opportunities to show that the scariness isn't all that scary. It's been a liar all this time. All this time, the enemy's been lying to you. Evil has a voice, and it has been lying to you. And when you get bold, you'll find out it is not nearly as powerful as it has led you to believe. I'd like to sing Spring Up a Well. Because that's what I want to have happen in your lives. I want to spring up a well inside you. Stand with me. Father, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Put your hand on your heart. Father, we love you, and I want to be courageous right here. I know some of you have experienced horrible tragedy. Some of you experienced just really great trauma. But unfortunately, the trauma is not still in the past. It's been dragged right into the present by your fear. And I want to give you courage to leave it in the past. I want to inspire you to live courageously. I want to inspire you to live in the Spirit. I want to inspire you to live the life God has provided for you. Listen, if you're a visitor today, if you're a guest, we love you. I want to thank you so much for coming. If you uh, need healing in your body, if you, need, if you want to meet Jesus or you're away from God, you want to come to God, we're going to, have, we're going to ask our prayer team to come forward. We're going to have a prayer team up here that love to pray for your deliverance, pray for your healing, or just lead you in a prayer of salvation to get right with God. My wife and I are going to be in the lobby. If you're a guest, we'd love to talk with you this morning. We'd love to meet you. But we're going to sing this song. You are dismissed. We love you. Have a great day. Give a hand clap if you with the Lord. Your steadfast promises are true. Your faithful. You cover all my sin with forgiveness. My eyes have seen your ways. Your